Welcome to the Auto Parent Podcast, episode 23, which is actually episode two in our Friends of Duke series. I'm your host, Pastor Casey, and y'all know me. So let's go ahead and get to our special guest for this episode. Our special guest is Reverend Justin Coleman. And Justin is the senior pastor of the University of United Methodist Church in Chapel Hill, North Carolina. He is a native of Houston, Texas, a graduate of Southern Methodist University in Dallas, Texas, and Duke Divinity School. Reverend Coleman has also served as the Chief Ministry Officer for the United Methodist Publishing House in Nashville, Tennessee, as lead pastor of the Gethsemane Campus of St. Luke's United Methodist Church in Houston at the SMU Wesley Foundation, and in other college and youth ministry settings. His ministry at University UMC includes leading the church as it seeks to live into radical kinship by loving God, serving others, and building Christian community. Reverend Coleman is the author of Home for Christmas, Tales of Hope and Second Chances, and is the Old Testament presenter on Disciple Fast Track, Becoming Disciples Through Bible Study. Justin is also a consulting faculty member at Duke Divinity School, and he is a dad. It's so good to see you. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you. It is great to be here. All right, we're just going to kick it off like we always do. We're going to get right into these special guest questions. So first up, what is your biggest pet peeve? Biggest pet peeve. Okay, so, uh, and I just feel like it's going to sound awful of me, but you know, when you're in a meeting and especially in a closed room and someone uh, has to blow their nose, but blows their nose like really loud, (laughs) you have to raise the volume of your speaking because they're blowing their nose so loud. So- my staff teases me and says I'm, I might be a little bit of a germaphobe, but like that just sets me off. I think, oh my gosh, um, please just step out of the room. I can't even talk because it's so loud. Yeah, that, no, that super bothers me. Um, it also made me think of one of my pet peeves as well, which is like, don't cut your nails of any kind in public. Like, just really don't. Like, I was working in a corporate business office once, and I heard the clipping. You know how you can hear it? Yes. I heard it. And I walk around the corner, and there is a woman with her foot over Mm -mm. the trash can Mm -mm. doing her business. And I was like, listen, (laughs) like, there are private spaces for this. Like, this is not okay. (laughs) This is not cool. Clipping of nails is a more intimate activity somehow <laughs> than we should be engaging in in public spaces. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. But it's, it felt similar to your blowing the nose thing, so I thought I would share. Okay, so I am curious to know, and I always say, like, it does not have to be a good story. The best part is just hearing about how you've laughed really hard. So the question is the hardest time you've ever laughed, but it can be just a recent time where you've laughed really hard. You know, this is so tough because I really like to laugh. And, but this is, this is a great experience. It happened years ago on a Good Friday. And so, a funny day. It was a, yeah, it's a funny day. It's a funny day. So, it's a Good Friday service. And my eldest son, who's at the time four, really wants to come because that year, for whatever reason, he's all into the crucifixion and resurrection. Now, 
Um, my wife is at home with our uh, second child who is less than a year. So she's like, no, we're not, we're not doing the Good Friday uh, service. So it's just me and my eldest. And so I place him there on the front pew with, or like the second pew, because nobody sits on the front pew, with uh, uh, some congregation members who promised that they were going to like watch him during this service. Mm -hmm. So we're right there at the end. And the lights are super dim. And the choir is singing, Were you there when they crucified my Lord? So that's going on. So one of the details I didn't share with you is that my son is wearing those shoes that kind of light up when you walk. Oh, yeah. And his are like multicolored uh, fireworks light up. So... Um, so it's, I mean, it's dark. It's almost pitch black. And so, were you there when they crucified my, all of a sudden fireworks from the pew. <laughs> like there's a glow emanating from the pew. And I mean, at first I'm horrified there. And then, you know, they keep on going. Were you there when they crucified my, and then more fireworks. And like, so it's like, he's figured out he can do this at a rhythm. Like he can be with the choir <laughs> as they're doing this. And I'm horrified at first, but then it's me and another clergy person next to me. And we're like clutching one another because we're laughing <laughs> so hard and it's so dark. We're glad nobody can see us, but we're just trying to hold it together and not burst out in laughter right at the end of the Good Friday. So. <laughs> That's so good. Oh my gosh, it's so good. It's like they know. It's like they know. Like, this is such a heavy thing. Let me lighten this a little bit. You know, which is often a, a tool, a coping mechanism I have too, is to like, you know, after after a holy week, like, let's just survive, you know? <laughs> like, <Yes. laughs> oh my gosh, that's so good. So good. Okay. Uh, well, now it's time for a segment called Fun Facts, which we haven't done in a couple episodes, and I'm so excited to do it with you. And we are going to tell you all some completely true, 100% true and factual facts about the Corinthians. And we're going to alternate. I'll go first. Did you know, Justin, did you know that the Corinthians think that hot dogs are sandwiches? Mm. Wow, that's really interesting. Okay, I got I one for you. Okay. I got for one for you too. So, did you know that the Corinthians use bananas as water filters? <laughs> you know that? They would. They would. <laughs> All right, here's another one. Did you know that the Corinthians exclusively work out at Orange Theory? <laughs> no, I did not know that. That's really cool. I know a lot of Orange Theory folks. <laughs> Okay, another one for you. So did you know that the Corinthians were the first people to realize that it's impossible to lick your elbow? Did you know <laughs> they figured it out? That makes so much sense. So um, this has been a segment called Fun Facts. Uh, again, completely true, 100% factual, and you're welcome for now knowing more about the Corinthians than you did before you started this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> And we're going to move right on into our next segment called Parenting Fails, Confessions, and Wins, FCW. And we'll start with some parenting fails. So I'll go first. I have a six-year-old named Cash. 
he has, um, he woke up the other morning. He was so excited. He was like, mommy, 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 you're not going to believe this. And I was like, you know what? Like, where did you pee? Like, that's my first question (laughs) is like, where did you pee? And he's like, no, I think one of my tooths has loosened. This is how he said that. And I was like, okay. And he showed it to me. And sure enough, he has a, like a bottom, really, really loose tooth. And I was like, oh, that's amazing. Like, I can't wait. Like, we'll we'll tie it to a string and we'll tie the other end to the door and we'll slam it. And he was like, <laughs> horrified. He was like, what? <laughs> Why would we do that? <laughs> so anytime he moves his loose tooth, he's like, I don't want to do the door thing, mommy. I don't want to do the door thing. <laughs> and it's so funny because I, I, it's just something I thought of in the moment. Like, it, it's just so normal for me to think that. And he was mortified. (laughs) So now I'm like experiencing the residual effects of me telling my child I'm going to like traumatize him by yanking his tooth out with the door. So at some point, somebody must have really done this. But now it just seems like kid torture. Exactly. 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 All right. Do you have a parenting fail that you want to share? Where do I start? Um, (laughs) Uh, Well, I just, you know, one I remember vividly with uh, our youngest, who's uh, now seven. But when he was in preschool, I remember, I mean, I'd I'd sent him to school with, you know, I made his lunch, you know, sent him on his way. And I just remember picking him up from from preschool. I mean, it's like early on. It's like his first year of preschool. Uh, Picking him up and him coming and just looking so sad and saying, Daddy, why didn't you give me lunch today? Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> why didn't you give me lunch today? Oh, and you just feel like such an awful dad. It's like, no, dude, I, I packed your lunch. We get home, lunch sitting there on the counter. Like, oh, not, no. not with child. And I just, <laughs> like, such a bad dad. Daddy, why didn't you give me lunch today? Yeah. Oh, thankfully, my. they had extra at the school. So, you know, he <laughs> ate, but still. <laughs> I wish I could say I hadn't been there, but I've been there. <laughs> All right. So let's do some parenting confessions. A lot of times people ask the difference between fails and confessions. And I like to say that confessions are really just things we keep from our children. <laughs> um, so like, you know, secret stashes, things like that. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I my confession for today is actually just that I'm really looking forward to my grandparents are going to meet us uh, halfway. So they live in Nashville, which is where, you know, I've, I lived for a long time. They're going to meet us halfway and take the kids for an entire week. And I am like counting the days like <laughs> I feel like like uh, I'm in a cartoon and I'm just like Xing off the days on the calendar. <laughs> like, check, check, check. You know, and I don't feel bad about it. So there we go. That is a great confession. Uh, I tell you, mine was about to be similar. Like any time uh, <laughs> the kids are out. Oh, it's so, so good. All right. So, um, so since you mentioned that one, I will mention another uh, parent confession. So we do uh, hide all snacks in every <laughs> possible 
nook and cranny in the house that we think the kids wouldn't think of. So our kids are like snack addicts. I don't know how <laughs> this uh, happened. And so, yes, under like <laughs> under dressers, uh, <laughs> at the top of closets, like there are all these places throughout the house. If someone had to come and search of their house, they'd say, who are these people? They don't. <laughs> stash cash they stash snacks around the house so just if you come over and visit reach under a cushion or behind a corner you're likely gonna have find something to eat there you go that's amazing do you ever happen upon a snack that you forgot was there yeah, so here's here's the deal. Like you, if you're gonna do this, you <laughs> you actually have to keep track, consistently <laughs> store certain snacks because otherwise you're just being wasteful. Right. You almost need an inventory system. <laughs> we absolutely do that. Um. That's oh my gosh, so good, so good. All right, so uh, my favorite part of the podcast, we're gonna do some parenting wins. And we always like to say, it doesn't matter how you get them, if you get them consecutively or if you get one after a drought of no wins, we will celebrate them however, whenever we get a parenting win. Mm-hmm. My parenting win for this week is relatively simple. And it is that my oldest child is going through a phase right now. Well, okay, so let me say this. <laughs> there is some name changing happening in the Van Beer household. So my partner and my two kids are going to hyphenate their last names as well. And so we'll all have the same last name. So there is talk of name changing. And my oldest has taken it upon himself to now create like his own first names. Mm. So he was grape applesauce for a couple of days. And for the last, you'll see a theme. And for the last few days or so, he's been Jelly. This is his first name. His middle name's Junior, Jelly Junior. (laughs) And so (laughs) I was in an elevator with another mom and her kids. And my kids are are really friendly, like to be pandemic kids, like they're really friendly and they like to talk. Mm. So as soon as somebody came in the elevator, you know, my son was like, my name's Jelly. And she was like, your name is what? Like, it, it didn't register, obviously. She was like, your name is what? And he was like, it's Jelly. And she looked at me and was like, did you name your child Jelly? This is exactly what she said to me. And I was like, yeah, his name's Jelly. And it's so insignificant and small, but like, you should have seen the look on his face. Like, he was so happy. And just like the validation of that in that moment was like, so good for him. And so we're just calling him Jelly. I mean, what else do you do? I feel like it's just a phase and it'll keep going. But like, you know, to try to like stand my ground on, no, your name is Cash and we named you this and blah, blah, blah. Like, no. So. I love that. He's Jelly. That is so good. I love (laughs) it. I absolutely love it. You know, we, um, uh, when I think about parent um, wins, uh, I think about those moments where just, you know, little moments where you're, um, proud of yourself or a little moments where you're proud of your of your kiddos and so my middle son our middle son just had a a birthday uh, and we were always talking about caring and sharing so that's one of the things that we say and the kids roll their eyes and think oh my gosh (laughs) you know I don't care to share like they do all these kind of things when they they play with it but my uh, our middle son uh, has a birthday and of course you know especially during these pandemic times, like you get cash from grandparents and things like that. And all he wanted to do was to 
go out to Target and shop for his younger brother. Oh my goodness! Um, to just to see the light on his younger brother's face. I mean, it was just such a such a sweet moment. And I thought, wow, maybe that caring and sharing that we've been saying <laughs> all these years in some ways uh, is sunk deeply in. So yeah, that was a lovely moment. Yeah, I <clears throat> I so appreciate the times where it feels like there's a little bit of a payoff and also deeply, deeply appreciate the moments where it feels like our kids are the ones winning. <laughs> like they're the ones winning. We're winning because we're their parents. Like they just show us, you know, essentially like the love of Jesus is what it is and in only a way that they can uniquely show us, which is yes. beautiful. Absolutely. <laughs> Well, this has been a segment called Parenting Fails, Confessions, and Wins. You can share your own fails, confessions, and wins with the podcast. You can do so via voice memo. We'd love to hear your voice. Or you can type them out to us on Instagram or Twitter at AutoParent. And now it's time to do a little something different. for our Get Real segment, where each week we take the lectionary passage and get real. Our lectionary text for this week comes from 2 Corinthians chapter 5, uh, verses 6 through 10, and here it is in the New Revised Standard Version. So we are always confident, even though we know that while we are at home in the body, we are away from the Lord, for we walk by faith, not by sight. Yes, we do have confidence, and we would rather be away from the body and at home with the Lord. So whether we are at home or away, we make it our aim to please him. For all of us must appear before the judgment seat of Christ, so that each may receive recompense for what has been done in the body, whether good or evil. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. All right, so we will do just some initial reactions. Justin, what do you think about this text just right off the bat? You know, so Casey, when I uh, read this text in isolation, I think, what's going on here? Like, why are we trying to, why are we trying to bounce here? Um, Why, um, why are we trying to, uh, to check out? And, you know, in certain ways, when I read it just in isolation, I actually worry a little bit because, you know, we've all been engaged with, or many of us have been and known and people who have who have decided you know it'd be better to be absent yeah from the body so i kind of get this initial pastoral concern for people who have had suicidal ideation yeah and you know instantly we want to say okay let's let's talk about what we're actually talking about here because there's it's not it's not what you think uh, for people that might be triggered in that kind of way yeah i think that's i'm so glad that you brought that out that's also something that that uh, stuck out to me as well. I also think about how, in true Pauline fashion, there's quite a bit of like, there's there's binaries happening. There's like away and here and um, good or evil and like um, just sort of creating those dichotomies and how sometimes that space can feel 
confusing, isolating, um, not sure where I fit or what happens in the in-between. Like it leaves me with all of these sort of questions. Right. So what do you feel like is the, the primary function of this particular pericope in the larger context? Yeah, so when I read Second uh, Corinthians here in this this section that begins really in in chapter four, around verse seven, Paul uh, is talking about our physical bodies, and then you know what's to come. And physical bodies relate to eternal glory. So there is this binary that he's he's working here, but essentially what he's trying to talk about is people who wake up and say, man, look, I'm getting old. Um, (laughs) And um, I mean, I don't know, maybe they've all hit their forties and they're like, man, there's just every now and then something randomly starts like not working as well as it used to. And so people who are worried that they are physically wearing down when they'd had in their mind hey, Christ is going to come. So maybe I don't have to, maybe I don't have to watch myself age. Maybe I don't have to watch others uh, age. And maybe I don't have to experience again someone having dementia. Maybe I don't have to worry about someone's eyes going bad when I don't have classes (laughs) available to them. Maybe I don't, you know, maybe I don't have to, I don't have to worry about wrinkles. I don't know, whatever it is, Uh, but it's happening. And people are concerned about this physical decay. But what Paul is reminding is, yeah, this is, this is a, this is a part of life. Um, it's a natural part of life. But just remember, there is more to come. There's a glory, even glorified bodies uh, that are to come. And so, uh, so yeah, this happens. But one day there'll be something else that'll make all of this worth it. Yeah, I, I think that's really, really helpful. I, it also, like, as you were talking, it reminds me of this, you know, there's this sort of embodiment of Christ in first Corinthians of like, this is how we show up with, within this body and we all have a place and we all have a purpose and, you know, to be in this text now and to think about, (laughs) we're tired, (laughs) we're tired, that living into, um, what it means for all of us to be respected, worthy, valued, given space and place at tables of leadership and within the body is hard, hard work. It's tough. And if we're, we're truly living into that in ways that honor the person of Jesus, Mm -hmm. then yeah, there's some, there's some decay that happens. There's some grief that happens. There's some, I don't know if we can do this much longer that happens. There's some, (laughs) there's some going back to Egypt committee stuff that might happen. I mean, there's, there's all kinds of things I feel like that could be at play here too. You know, Casey, one of the things that I think is just honoring the journey. Sometimes I don't honor the journey. I mean, if I'm a, I'm a kind of person who on a road trip wants to just get there. I mean, yeah. <laughs> just get there. And my spouse, she's a person who really enjoys the journey. 
oh, let's turn off there. Let's look at this. Let's, oh, that's interesting. I mean, so she's fascinated about the in-between. And I'm like, no, I don't want to Let's just go here and just kind of get lost for a bit and explore. I'm like, no, I don't want to get getting lost makes me anxious uh, to think about it. This is why we have, you know, navigation. But she really honors the uh, journey in a way that sometimes I have to work to do. And because I just want to get there to the finish line, it seems like this is part of what Paul is saying to the folks here is that. You know, if we'll just honor uh, honor the journey, you know, I know we'd prefer to to leave and just be right there, be present with Jesus. That's that's the goal. That's the destination. But if we honor the journey, uh, we'll see that you know what Paul says: we'll be we'll be paid back. We'll be paid in full for everything that we've done in the midst of the journey. It'll be worth it. It'll mean something. So yeah, honor the journey. Yeah, it reminds me too about like, <laughs> perhaps as as Paul is preaching this, or it feels like a sermon, right? As Paul is writing this and preaching this sort of idea that Paul might be reflecting a little bit in his own journey as someone who has been transformed, quite literally, and recognizing that like, you know, it wasn't just that moment, right? That the journey has continued on. And yeah, I mean, I, I hear what you're saying about having trouble respecting the journey. I am perhaps the most impatient person that I've ever met. And also I'm like stubbornly a go-getter too. So like, don't tell me no. Cause like, then I'm just going to go get it. You know, like I, I'm not somebody who'll be like, Oh, okay. <laughs> like It doesn't work like that. It doesn't ever work like that. And so I often am very laser focused on something, whatever that is. And I miss, you know, it feels like I'm in a train and things are just moving so, so quickly, you know, alongside of me. And for, sometimes it's my kids. Sometimes it's my family. Like if we're we're just being transparent, and I know some of our listeners can probably relate to this too, like especially folks who are, you know, particularly career driven or vocation driven, that sometimes those things can be missed. And this is not a guilt and shame thing because here on the podcast, we tell guilt and shame to kick rocks. What it is, is honoring our experience and recognizing where there are places where we might, you know, have time to take a breath and honor the journey. Yes. It's so important. And you know, and knowing that the moments on the journey that are tough are also worth it. They they have a meaning, you know, the things that slow us down have meaning as well. And I'll jump to another one of Paul's writings here for a moment. You know, this piece in Romans chapter eight that, you know, God is working everything out for the good. It's not that everything that happens is good. It's that God works in the midst of the bad stuff, the hard stuff to move it toward a good. Yeah. Um, It also is reminding me of Ephesians a bit. Ephesians Mm -hmm. one, like the idea that somehow the sum of the whole is greater than the sum of the parts, right? If I add all these things up together, it, it doesn't seem like it would it would create beauty or reconciliation or hope. But what actually happens is like the compensation is like the grace. (laughs) It's the grace, it's the love, it's the mercy, it's the living water that fills everything to the brim so that it can be overflowing in a way that brings the kingdom here on earth as it is in heaven. Yes. Yes. I mean, 
it's just such a beautiful thing that it's such a wonderful thing that God makes our stories beautiful. And I love these moments when we're able to get up on the balcony, uh, so to speak, and just get some perspective. Uh, you know, those times happen for me when I when I pull away and uh, get some get some quiet or have moments of rest where I just kind of climb up to the mountaintop and can look and think, wow. There were some valleys. Uh, there were some rough places. There's all kinds of things. But uh, seeing how God makes our stories beautiful and how God restores us, it's, it's such an act of grace. And, and to know this is what God does for all of us, uh, make our stories beautiful. Yeah. And, and to also know that, like, it's okay if sometimes we can't see that. <laughs> Yeah. It's okay if we need to be reminded of that. It's okay if we, when we're reminded of that, we can't hear it or receive it. <laughs> I'm just thinking about, especially with regard to parenting, how there are just some moments that feel too dark, too scary, too, you know, too in the pit. And the beauty, though, I think, is that seeing God's face and being able to recognize God's presence in the pit makes it so easy to see God's face in the light. And so I think that, you know, that is my prayer is that not that we enact some form of escapism, but that we recognize in the moment, in the journey that God is with us, even if it feels even if it feels like God is absent, that is a connection to spirit in a way that can create strength. I know some of the, I have a, I have a tattoo to prove it. Um, there, there have been, it's a nightingale tattoo because mm. in some spaces in my life, I feel like I've felt God the strongest when it's been an eternal night or darkness or despair. And in many ways, it felt more like a relationship in that space. Yes. You know, when I think about family life, life raising kids. I mean, what you say resonates so much for me because it's in the midst of the darkness when I can't see, like, you know, so the prayer is that God would be uh, a lamp unto our feet, a light unto our path. So like just, and that's just seeing the next step. I just need to see the next step or or I just need to know that you're holding my hand in the midst of the darkness. Uh, because, you know, if you turn on, on all the lights, I'd see the path and see how this thing was moving. And I'd say, okay, I get it. But now I've got to trust with each step and trust that God is holding my hand because parenting is so hard. And I, I went into this thing wanting to have this very like, kind of a focus on the family feeling. What do I mean by that? Like everything's, you know, I'm I'm parenting like in this solid Christian way and everything I do as a parent will create like 27 possible sermon illustrations just for the next Sunday because of all the things that I've seen during the week and all the things that God is doing and all the ways that this is being perfectly done, you know, and just, just, I mean, the desire to do that and be happy and smiling and skipping all the way. And in reality, it's just not like that. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, And and so a lot of it really is a struggle and, and, and tears and prayer, 
but also great gifts woven in. And so in the presence of God, the the thick presence of God with uh, us all around. And that's what I want parents to to know is that, again, in the midst of the journey, if we'll honor the, honor the journey and look for God in the midst of the journey, we'll find that God is always there, always uh, holding our hands, always uh, being a light unto our path, even just for the next little step. Um, and that uh, the grace of God will continue to transform our stories in ways that we can't even see in the moment. I just want to say amen to that. <laughs> What a beautiful way to sort of bring us together on the journey and to give some hope for our parents. Yeah. Amen. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you for the opportunity to hang out and talk about this. It's been good. This has been so awesome, Justin. I'm so glad we were able to do this and to to connect. Finally, we talked earlier how we've been in some spaces but haven't actually gotten to meet. So it was really awesome to do this with you. Thank you. I agree. The feeling's mutual. Thanks for listening to the Auto Parent Podcast. We're going to leave you with a parent mantra, something you can say to yourself or to your partner just to know that you're not alone. Your mantra for this week is, I honor my own journey. I honor my own journey. Because friends, if we don't believe that, it's going to be really hard to convince our kids. this, you don't have to be an auto parent to be a good one. I've been your host, Pastor KC. You can follow me on Twitter at RevKCVC. Join us next week, same time, same place. You can find out more information about Foundry United Methodist Church by visiting our website, www.foundryumc.org. If you're specifically looking for information about our Family Ministries Department or our offerings for parents, you can find those at www.foundryumc.org slash family ministries.